What's up, everybody? This is Rick Grotto of PTP Radio. As always, thank you for joining with us. We're excited to have you, and we have a great show set up for you. Uh, first up, we're going to be talking about President Trump and if he is uh, going to essentially, I don't know, um, nucleus or whatnot, but we'll cover in that and also we're going to be talking with Mr. Aaron Lawson going into depth with him as well. So let's get started to the show. We're going to P2B. Alright, so thank you again for joining with us. We're glad to have you here on this lovely Thursday. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rick Ryder, um, sitting across the airwaves. We're going to bring in our awesome guests as well in a few. So uh, first up, what we're going to talk about is, of course, <coughs> our president who is just a marvelous person, to say the least. Um, what we're going to be talking about with him is talking in reference to North Korea. Um, because this week has been exciting. Um, they've been back and forth multiple times. Um, President Trump himself had also escalated the rhetoric just today. We're going to play that clip. Uh, also, he said some interesting things about Russia, of course. Uh, surprisingly, he took about a 20-minute interview uh, with reporters is hosting a whole field of questions. So we're gonna give you his response when was asked, uh, what are you saying to President Putin when he just kicked out 700 plus diplomats from Russia uh, this past week? So first up, let's see what Mr. President has to say to North Korea. Well, I don't think they mean that. And I think they, uh, it's the first time they've heard it like they heard it. Uh, and frankly, uh, the people that were questioning that statement, was it too tough? Maybe it wasn't tough enough. They've been doing this to our country for a long time, for many years. And it's about time that somebody stuck up for the people of this country and for the people of other countries. What they've been doing and what they've been getting away with is a tragedy, and it can't be allowed. If North Korea does anything in terms of even thinking about attack, of anybody that we love or we represent or our allies or us, they can be very, very nervous. I'll tell you what, and they should be very nervous because things will happen to them like they never thought possible. The people of our country are safe, our allies are safe, and I will tell you this, North Korea better get their act together or they're gonna be in trouble like few nations ever have been in trouble in this world. So that was, uh, again, President Trump uh, saying that um, maybe his rhetoric with North Korea, when he first said the fast and the furious, uh, maybe that wasn't uh, tense enough or tough enough. Essentially, we are engaging in a, a, a battle of words, a pissing match in reality, with a country that barely has internet. And that's what the United States is doing right now. Uh, in my opinion, that makes us look a little bit weak because Again, this is not Russia, this is not China, this is North Korea. The United States have roughly about 16,000 plus nukes. North Korea maybe has 10 to 60, and 60 is giving them a generous, generous number. So why is it that we're having to have these exchange of words with a country that we can literally, again, wipe out if we wanted to? And in reality, North Korea knows this. Kim Jong-un is not crazy. He's not stupid either. 
is that he wants something in his back pocket because he had looked at Libya, he looked at Syria, he looked at all these little patients who went up against the United States and lost. And the thing that they all had in common is that they did not have anything in their pocket to make the United States take a step back. The nuke does that. However, again, he knows that the moment that he fires off this nuke at South Korea, at Japan, at Guam, at the United States, is the moment that his country ceased to exist because this is not mutually assured destruction. That means that the North Korea can actually hurt us. Yes, they may hit a city that will do damage, but in return, the hellfire that that country will receive will absolutely annihilate that country. Kim Jong-un understands that and knows that. So essentially, he wants an assurance that the United States is not going to try to do regime change. But he is not going to go to war with the United States because he knows that China and Russia may not back him. And with that in mind, he knows that he will lose. So my advice to President Trump is, you're the big clear on the block. Stop swatting at ants. Stop trying to have an exchange of words with ants. It makes you look a little bit petty. The second thing is in reference to President Trump and Vladimir Putin because it's an interesting comparison that you look at President Trump and you look at the things he says about North Korea, about any other foreign nation that he doesn't like, about our allies, about his political allies, for example, Mitch McConnell, um, Jeff Sessions, anybody else. He will go toe-to-toe with them. But for some reason, when it comes to Vladimir Putin, he doesn't want to do that. He was asked today um, about a response to the actions of Russia and taking out 700 plus of our diplomats uh, in retaliation for us taking their spy grounds here in the United States. Um, you would expect, you know, maybe there'll be some rhetoric of we're not going to put up with this or we're seriously concerned. You know, the usual political rhetoric that doesn't really mean anything. But President Trump actually went beyond that. Um, this is his quote of what he said when I asked that question. He said, on Putin expelling many U.S. diplomats from Russia, I want to thank him because we're trying to cut down our payroll. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm very thankful, thankful that he let go of a large number of people because now we have a smaller payroll. There's no real reason for them to go back. I greatly appreciate the fact that we have been able to cut our payroll of the United States. We're going to save a lot of money. Set aside the fact that that's not how payroll works. Set aside the fact that just because they got kicked out of the country doesn't mean they're fired. Set aside the fact that you're again, Vladimir Putin is not firing anybody because, again, he's Russia, we're in the United States, so he kind of has no HR power here. But it's weird that, again, the President of the United States is thanking the President of Russia for expelling the United States diplomats. That, that, uh, that, that's just, that doesn't seem right to me. That seems somewhat weird, somewhat out of place. Could you imagine if President Obama or President Bush or President Clinton or any other president thanked an adversary of ours for doing an adverse action? It was an anti-American action. It was done to hurt us. And now we have the President of the United States thanking him for doing that action in real time. Things just seem a little bit out of place. I know what you're thinking. Like maybe we should talk about the Russia thing, but we'll go more in depth with that later.
But right now, what we're going to do is pull in our special guest. And that is none other than the one and only Mr. Aaron Lawson. Sir, how's it going with you? So I just, before we go into the mix of what we're going to talk about, which is, of course, the Democratic Party, um, give us your take on um, what did you think about that exchange when you saw it? Did you think that that was kind of, you know, somewhat out of place? Well, most of what Donald Trump does is somewhat to mostly out of place and uh, kind of imbalanced, uh, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Uh In regards to Russia, I think he should, you know, kind of chill, chill, and uh, give a little space to Russia, um, especially since he's trying to, uh, you know, end, you know, all these, all these in-depth investigations of Russia and him and a connection to him. So when, uh, so when, adverse, someone does adverse reactions uh, to Americans, and he goes out of his way to try to applaud those adverse reactions. It makes people stop and think and and ask what's going on there. So uh, it doesn't help his case that nothing's going on between him and Russia. And, um, you know, at this point, uh, we got to, as usual, we got, we keep going back to this Russia thing. And um, I think it's kind of a distraction. Um, I think there's better things for us to uh, worry about, but it is concerning. Absolutely. So, man, um, I, I share the same sentiment. I think that, again, we don't want to go in, you know, down a rabbit hole of Russia without, you know, letting the evidence be there first, because I think that will set up liberals and progressives, the Democrats and all the like. Um, uh, it will expose and it would allow for a combat if that does occur. Um, so I think that we should definitely let the investigation uh, proceed. Uh, you know, we had Paul Manafort uh, last month, or it was reported yesterday, but occurred last month, um, where his house was raided um, by the FBI. So the case is picking up. The case is going somewhere. We just have to let it take us there versus dragging it uh, to a place that it may not go. Uh, so I definitely agree that we should uh, we should wait and let you know let that first happen. So let's talk about the other side of the aisle because it is interesting that Democrats seem to be struggling um, with the current situation that we have. We have a president that is polling, and I think it's believed uh, between the low 30s to mid 30s. I think CNN gave them 38 percent uh, this week. But why do you think that it is that Democrats are still struggling to get their message on board, to get people to buy in to their party's platform? Well, so in regards to the Democrats, their message is not uh, uh, is not a good message of what I saw. Uh, they're mainly saying, uh, vote for us, we're not Donald Trump. And at this point in time, that's not a good message. And what I think, uh, is what they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to turn it around. Uh, but in, at this time, we need to show people, uh, Democrats need to show people uh, what they're for 
rather than who they're against. And if it's a, just against the president, that may not necessarily get them votes uh, unless the people, uh, unless the American people are going to uh, actually want to vote a referendum against uh, Donald Trump, which I think at this point in time, it, it's too early and too close uh, to want to try to do that. We need to uh, <clears throat> have people vote uh, for Democrats need to have people vote for them on the merits of what they're going to do for the people and uh, and be the counterweight to what the GOP is doing right now for the people. So, you know, health care uh, is always a good thing to talk about, uh, as well as uh, jobs and infrastructure. Those are things that, you know, the Democrats need to talk about. And, uh, and they have been talking about it, but they haven't been focusing on it. And, and those are the things that they need to focus on if they want to get the vote out. Uh, and it, even to the point of if they want to change people's minds on, uh, on what they're, uh, you know, who, who they want to vote for, you need to, you know, let them, uh, let the people know that you're going to vote, uh, you're going to support them and, and the things that they're for, which is, at, at this point in time, healthcare, uh, you know, healthcare, jobs, and their own personal economy. So uh, they, uh, this is a good time because mm -hmm. uh, Donald Trump's campaign, uh, I mean, sorry, Donald Trump's uh, White House mm -hmm. is not doing good. So they have everything to gain uh, from running smart campaigns where they show people uh, what they can do for them. Absolutely. So that's my, my qualm with the Democrats. I, 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 I agree, but I have a little bit of a, of a modification. What I mean by that is that um, the Democrats have this notion, and not this notion, but they seem to have a perceived narrative that they are afraid to fight for what they believe in. They're always willing to butch or to negotiate. And the thing that people at least during Obama years, did for the Republican Party was that Republicans gave from the go. We're trying to make you a one-term president. We're trying to stop you along the way everything that we can. And we're basically going to go against you in 98% of the things that you do. And the base, the Republican base, fully bought into that. Regardless of facts, regardless of the if the possibility of this can happen, it was merely the rhetoric that occurred that gave them that opportunity to win the House and now to win the Senate. Because if you look at the biggest scope of the Democrats, right, since 2008, when they had everything, at least at the federal level, they had the presidency, the House, and the Senate. And you now look at 2017, where they have lost the, the, the uh, presidency, they have lost the Senate, they have lost the House, you have 31 uh, governors who have an arch attached to their name, you have multiple states who also uh, have Republican majorities in the legislative branches as well. So Democrats have lost a lot of ground. And I believe that the part of that is because their base is not energized. Their base is not there. Um, not, be not because I, I, it, it, they can't be motivated, um, but merely because they don't have anything to get motivated behind. Right, because if you look at who's on the forerunners and the Democrats, you have uh, Maxine Waters, you have Bernie Sanders, you have uh, Camelia Harris, uh, you have maybe Elizabeth Warren, but it, it, their, their bench is not deep. 
you don't have that, that firebrand like the Republican Party does. Uh, let me give you an example of that firebrand. What I'm talking about, we're going to play a clip <clears throat> Excuse me, from Maxine Waters uh, with her exchange with the Treasury Secretary and how she, be, again, continues to become an Internet sensation with um, Reclaim My Time. I was going to answer that. Just uh, let's go straight to and the answer. Mr. Chairman, I thought when you read the rules, you acknowledged that I shouldn't be interrupted and that I would have... Reclaiming my time. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, will you respond to the question of why I did not get a response, me and my colleagues, to the May 23rd letter? Well, I was going to tell you my response. Just tell me. Okay. So, first of all, okay, let me just say that the Department of Treasury has cooperated extensively with the Senate Intel Committee, with the House Reclaiming Intel my time. Committee, Reclaiming with the my Senate Judiciary Committee. My time. Okay. Reclaiming Matter of fact, time. Mr. Secretary, the, the time belongs to the gentlelady from California. So that was just a little bit of, of her, and that's how she became an internet sensation. Uh, she continues to become an internet sensation, rather. But people like that. That's the, the kind of thing that liberal uh, that people, I talk to other liberals, uh, are progressive. They want that. They want that firebrand. And um, do you think that that is something that the Democrat Party needs to do? Or do they need to continue to try to appease or appeal to uh, some of those Trump voters who um, may not be as committed to Trump as others might be? Well, so... Look, I saw that clip and I enjoyed it myself. Um, but on the cross end, uh, you know, the, you know, with the confirmation hearings and how all, all these senators came out to the forefront, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Senator Al Franken, Al Franken came out. Uh, it was good stuff, and it was, and I enjoyed watching those things. But it, in, in the long run. Um, it did not change who came, who came, who was nominated, uh, who was appointed to those positions. Um, but it was good. I I, I wholeheartedly enjoyed it. Now, uh, being combative uh, is, in my opinion, one of the problems of what is happening in the, in, in the government, in government right now. Is that everyone's being really combative uh, uh, and not. Uh, more so, more so in public, trying to work together, uh, and and while we enjoy what that drama that we saw, uh, it may not uh, come to a conclusive way for Democrats to move forward. Yes, they become, you know, internet sensations, but mm -hmm. did they uh, then on the cross end become leaders in the Democratic Party? And I would say that not that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, we have Bernie Sanders, we have Elizabeth Warren, uh, Kamala Harris, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, Maxine Waters, and you didn't put Al Franken in there, but I'll put Al Franken <laughs> in there. Okay, okay. Um, um, but, it, it, yeah, it's not deep, um, but, at, at, you know, they they really need to do some more soul searching. I, I think uh, if, if they really come out with some real good uh, uh, speaking points to how they're going to change America for the better, I think Americans will, um, will will respond to that. And I think the biggest thing to get people to go to uh, the polls to vote mm -hmm. is that Donald Trump is in office. And 
and, and if people are going to be lackadaisical and lazy and not going to go for you know just for that mm-hmm. uh it's, it's i think it's really hard uh to get them to vote uh, for anything any other thing so yeah and, and you have a great point that's for the, the, the one thing that i wanted to hit on was that uh when you look at the read the polling when uh, doing let's go back to uh, 2016 to an election um, that was the problem that Democrats had. Uh, when I was talking uh, last night uh, with uh, some of our uh, coworkers, it was why did Democrats lose to Donald Trump? And, and, and let's jump forward to this poll right quick, the CNN poll that just came out, and look at his approval ratings for the time right now. He's sitting at 38%. He's never broken above 45%. Uh, it, it, it trickled from you get 44, 44 to 45 between February and March, but now he's back at 38. Um, before then, it was, uh, you know, usually those kind of struggles. So how do the Democrats lose to someone who is polling so low? And that is why I look at who, at the, not only uh, who became the candidate, but how that person became the candidate. because. Hillary Clinton, we have to, I would hope at some point, at least in my opinion, have to acknowledge that she was not the best candidate. I think that if you put up anybody else from the Democratic Party, you put up Elizabeth Warren, you put up uh, Maxine Ward, even, uh, of course, Bernie Sanders, they would have beat Donald Trump. But instead, the DNC with, with Hillary Clinton. So you have to also remember that during the primaries, it was shown that the DNC had tilted for Hillary Clinton. You would see in the primary in these races that Bernie Sanders would come out with victories, but yet somehow end up with less delegates. And that's because of super delegates. So it, on top of the fact that you already have independents who are iffy on Clinton, uh, you also had now the, the, the Democrats, the base, who also feeling sour because they felt like they were cheated because they didn't feel like they really had a vote. It was already fixed. It was already rigged um, towards that direction. And that in combination with the independents not really feeling Hillary Clinton made a president Trump. And I think the DNC needs to acknowledge that. I think the DNC needs to stop attacking, in my purview, attacking the left because we have it now where they're still attacking Bernie Sanders. Um, They're still... Attacking people who are not committed to the center or to the establishment. Uh, some people are questioning whether uh, Camille Harris is really uh, a part of the progressive movement. Are she uh, somewhat like Clinton? And in return, you have the establishment uh, media, the uh, the middle's uh, media, also attacking left as well, and that's not really helping. So, do you think that Democrats need to stay towards the middle? Um, again, in a hope to get the Trump supporter, to get that those independents, or do they need to go towards the left, go towards the Bernie Sanders camp, so to activate that base to get them to come out and vote, so that they will be motivated to stay at those polls. So, uh, the, one of the great things about the Democratic Party, I think, is that it's a party of all types different people and different groups. Now, now with that difference, there's going to be a whole bunch of differences of opinions of how the party should go. Um, I think uh, for one thing is 
the Democrats have shown uh, the, the the main uh, the central part of the Democrats the the, uh, the they have uh, shown a, a lack of uh, of um, a lack of care I want to say in regards to the liberals and, and I think that they kind of underestimate that that voting power that mm-hmm. the liberal block has and uh that was to their detriment um in in, in 2016 Mm -hmm. and i I think that uh what the democratic party really needs to do is to come together uh you know first and foremost so that we can get uh get you know so that the the democratic party can get power Mm -hmm. now uh who the leadership should be and uh, how it should uh um how they should incorporate the lib- the liberal left. Uh, I'm not for sure how that's going to go. I, I think uh, the liberal left is real salty, <laughs> and they have rightly so to be salty. Um, but uh, it's it's up to you know that central central block, uh, the leadership there, uh, to get to include them. And I, I think that. Bernie Sanders is a good uh, elite for uh, that liberal block, and uh, and many people identify with him and uh, you know want to follow his his his. I hate the word populism, his brand of populism, and and I think that if we can, I think I think if we can get behind that, uh, at least that uh, uh, conscientious uh, uh, populism, I'm going to call it, uh, then. I think that could go a long way in getting the Dems on the path uh, to taking back the House, the Senate, and eventually the, the White House. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that those are great viewpoints. My message to the Democratic Party would be that Trump supporters aren't voting for you. The, that, that you can try as you might to appeal to them. You can try as you might to to put their mind at ease about the socialism and about anything else, but they are not going to vote. They are, I think his base has maybe shifted from uh, 85% to maybe 83%. That's in light of everything that has happened in the last six months. His base is his base. You need to work on your base. You need to work on minority votes. You need to work on black votes, black women in particular. There's a, a source that you are leaving untapped. Uh, you need to pull in, like you said, the Kamira Harris's, the, the uh, Maxine Waters. Pull more of them in so you can galvanize that base. I, c- I can assure you that if, <laughs> if Michelle Obama would run, and I pray to God that maybe something will make her run, she would win hand down bar none. I would wait at a poll to 2 a.m. in the morning just so I can put a check by her name. But you need people to feel that sort of way. Uh, towards your candidate. People didn't feel that kind of way towards uh, Hillary Clinton. And so you had a combination of, I really don't trust Hillary Clinton, but I don't like Donald Trump. But then people felt that she was going to win anyway. So now, why am I standing out somewhere where I don't want to be, both somebody that I don't really like, and a thing that I'm assuming that she's going to win anyway. And that's what happened. I think that for the the African-American vote, it dropped off by like 12%. um, from the Obama uh, presidency, Obama uh, voting, so you can you can activate that base again. You just have to give a candidate that people can gather around, can 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 hold around and, and rally behind. 
and give a message, like you said, Aaron, a, a message that people can actually believe in and, and, and go towards. The polling right now shows that Democrats are uh, struggling to even find our message. More people believe that the Democrats are anti-Trump than pro-anything else. So it, you, that's what you need to pull from. You need to get, I'm, I'm for, if you're for $15 uh, minimum wage, then damn it, be for it. Stand up for it. But don't be trying to, to go halfway in it. Same thing for health care. If you're going to get behind Bernie Sanders, you know what Bernie Sanders won't. He won't single payer. So if that's a system that you believe will work, then fight for that system. Fight this well. You know, yes, I don't think Obamacare really works as, as well as it could, but we can fix it. We shouldn't repeal it. No, you won't think to go towards single payer. Then fight for single payer. Stop trying to meet in the middle ground with a Republican base that wants to get rid of that system altogether. They don't want to find a middle. They want to repeal. So Democrats need to huddle around a, a candidate that is likable, <laughs> that is relatable, that actually people can believe in, and then a message that people can't authenticate themselves to and can hold themselves around. And, and I think that until the Democrats do that, those combination of things, then they can continue to be lost in the woods. They can continue to try to hold around, hold around the center, and that's not going to activate anybody. People want somebody they can believe in. Bernie Sanders, and I might be biased to Bernie Sanders, but people, even when I was talking with conservative family members who still voted for Donald Trump, they admitted that I would give a pause. I might think about voting for Bernie Sanders, not because I like him per se, but I know that he's honest. And I know I can rely on what he believes in. He's a democratic socialist. So I know what I'm buying this. I can trust that. So why do you think Aaron, that Democrats are still not holding around? They're still attacking Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is polling at 87 percent of who range right now. And they're attacking him. Why do you think that is? Well, so what, what I think is happening is, is that the leadership in the Democratic Party I don't think they can control uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, his brand of liberalism. It, it doesn't uh, mesh well, uh, I think, with how they want the party to go. Because, uh, you know, they do have a lot of money in their, you know, in their coffers from businesses and stuff. And, and Bernie Sanders doesn't look or even want to be uh, a part of that. He wants to really do things uh, that help uh, people, you know, with the you know single payer health care, with uh, paying for uh, uh, you know uh, extended education, uh, higher education, and uh, uh, you know really uh, things that don't necessarily go well. Uh, uh, you know what what businesses and lobbyists are, are, are paying. You know, or paying, uh, you know, Democrats to uh, uh, vote for, and, and really, in all honesty, uh, if you know, if we as you know, you know left-leaning uh, people uh, want our party back, we, we need to make our voices heard at the mm. polls. Uh, Absolutely. To, you know, if, if not, if we're not uh, necessarily voting for, uh, 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 you know central democrats uh then we might need to vote for that third party on the left exactly we may need to vote for uh those 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 outliers uh that can really get uh the leadership in the democratic party to say hey 
well, they've got some voting power. Exactly. We want to be in here. We got gotta gotta tap into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we as American people, we we have to motivate ourselves now. It, it, it the the whole how can the Democrats get get us motivated? Uh, I'm I'm done thinking that the, you know the right now that the Democrats are going to get us motivated for 2018. Right now, I need to motivate myself and motivate the people that are in my sphere of influence uh, to get out there and vote. And uh, um, and that then sends a message to Democrats, hey, these people are out here voting. We need to do something for them. We need to show them what's good. And, exactly. and I think that the, our vote needs to be our message to them and, and they, uh, like you said, they don't need to, you know, take it for granted that, you know, the historical groups that vote for them are still going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that made me sad, uh, 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 sad about, you know, the 2016 election was uh, uh, Donald Trump had a lot of votes for him, and uh, you know, yes, he's the president. And you're like, why? Why are you saying it like that? But you know, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, a lot of uh, white people voted for him, but there were black people that voted for him. There were uh, Hispanic people that voted for him. There were uh, Asian people that voted for him, thinking that he was going to do something for them. When on the outside, he was saying things that went against what they wanted for their life, and I, uh, that made me sad. But. You know the next the, those runoff elections for uh, to you know replace the people that Donald Trump pulled to be in his uh, in his um, in his house. Mm-hmm. Democrats can pull it up, pull it off. Uh, I know these these uh, uh, um, these districts are heavily red, mm-hmm. but I still believe that there are enough Democrats in in these districts, even though they're heavily red. There's enough. Uh, Democrats in those districts to change the blue. I agree, and I think that again, um, that's why the Democrats. I don't think they understand just how a complex situation that they're in. Because I fully believe that if Bernie Sanders, I don't know why he doesn't do it, but if Bernie Sanders went third party, a big chunk of the Democratic base would leave, readily leave, have no problem leaving and going. You look at other third parties, you look at the, the uh, Democratic Socialists of America, that party is exploding as well. The Green Party is also growing. They, they went weird when they went Jill Stein, but they're still growing. Um, but if you look at that, Democrats, I think it is now it's like, uh, it was like 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10 liberals or progressives do not like identifying themselves as Democrats. They more readily identify themselves as liberals or progressives. That's because they don't identify themselves with the party. So again, you have to you have to get tap into that base and get them energized enough to to you're right go out and vote. But that also being said, is that the citizen themselves have to go out and vote. We cannot allow for what happened in 2016 when we became complacent and just like oh she's gonna win, so what's the point? What's the point of going out there? Point of going out there is that. Yes, you're, you're not only you're voting for the president, but you're also voting for the senators, for House representatives, for people all down the ticket. And those people have a more relevant impact, especially when you get past the state level and below, on your life than the president does. 
So give passage to the presidency, but also give attention to your senator, give attention to your house member, give attention to your governor, give attention to your state legislators, because those people will have a more impact. I guarantee you they have more impact on your life than President Trump ever will. So you have to pay more attention to these races, to these elections, and to these candidates. Because I, if a Democrat, and as much as I, I do want to say we need a third party because we need to break up the two-party system, um, but I'm hoping that in 2018 that we do have a Democratic a House or a Democratic Senate, probably a Senate more than a House, um, to slow down some of the stuff that is going on because they have a trifecta right now. And soon, they, if they continue, they're going to have a, a, a bigger hand in choosing the judges for the Supreme Court, which also has an impact. Yeah. Um, so you, we need to, as, as liberals, progressives, populists, whatever you want to envelope yourself into that's against Trump, rally behind a message and a, a, and a candidate that actually will galvanize people. And I think the Democrats need to do this quickly because they keep losing. People are going to say, why am I being a Democrat? We're, we're going to keep losing. Um, was the whole point, right? And and eventually, they, they people don't like two party system anyway. I think sixty percent of Americans prefer a third party to emerge. Um, hopefully, the Democrats will get their message together before they're the party that gets broken up into. Um, and so that is definitely something that needs to happen and need to occur. Um, but in any case. Um, and one last question, um, one last thought. Uh, with all the recent news that came out again um, with North Korea, do you think that um, Kim Jong Un and, and and Donald Trump are gonna make themselves, or talk themselves into a war, or do you think that there'd be somebody, whether it's in Donald Trump's cabinet or whether it's China and Russia for Kim Jong Un, that's gonna tell these two to slow down and to pull back? Well, so, uh, so, uh, so, <laughs> this, this situation is so crazy, and I, I think people thought, you know, when Donald Trump was going to be president, that this would be the scenario that would happen, that we going Donald Trump is going to take us to a war that we can't get out of, um, but I, I think what we have to remember and realize is that Donald Trump is not leading vacuum. Uh, he may be that the voice there, but he's not, not from the back. So I, I, I think with his uh, chief of staff, chief of staff, that uh, we got a, some type of sh shackle in place uh, that might hold him off from uh, doing something entirely not smart. Um, I, I think right now it's a lot of posturing. His his and his. Um, uh, almost there. I was there. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of posturing, um, and and his on his side mm -hmm. now uh, in regards uh, North Korea. I, I think uh, right now, if we look at history, uh, whenever the you know the dictator gave up his weapons, he was uh, you know not long for having power mm -hmm. in his office mm -hmm. in, in office. So I'm not so sure that uh, Kim Jong-un would uh, give up his uh, nuclear weapons just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think uh, what, what we may see is that it, it builds up to a point and then 
it'll come down. I, and I right now I don't know for sure if it's going to be something where uh, you know that red line and saying that Donald Trump has uh, uh, Twitter drawn or you know press conferences drawn is is going to go through. Uh, but I feel like he has built him himself into a corner that uh, that Congress and his chief of staff will probably make him step back. So Agreed. Uh, I, I don't think we'll go to war to, with Korea. And and like everyone is saying, that if they start popping off, it's going to be a wrap for Korea. And uh, I don't think that's the best uh, outcome. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people think that's not the best outcome as well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I hope cooler heads will prevail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if we allow for another country, Russia, uh, China, to take the lead role in, uh, you know, you know, de-escalating this, that is another step back uh, that America will take from being the lead country in the world. And I'm I'm waiting for all this winning that he told us we're gonna have. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, and and winning a war is not the way, not the type of winning I I am uh, I'm ready to uh, accept. So um, absolutely, I, I don't think we'll go to war, but you know Donald Trump's president, so we still have to uh, maintain, take the consideration. We still have to remember that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I, like I, said, I completely agree. Like I said at the top, I think that uh, neither one really wants to go to war. Um, they're just they're flying off at the mouth. But eventually, I do think that if they continue down this rhetoric, if North Korea talks about that they're going to fire on Guam and then. Uh, President Trump continues to say that if you continue to threaten us, you're going to see a fire and fury that you've never seen in this world, never foreseen in your life. That language gets you past a red line. And like you said, foreign policy should not be dictated on Twitter with 141 characters. Um, these are actions, I mean, these are words that may have actions um, and may have a, a meaningful impact. The fact that you don't, I mean, President Trump is now going around spouting that we've upgraded, that he upgraded our arsenal, which is a flat-out lie, by the way. Let's just first break that apart. Uh, one, it wasn't the first order, so no, he didn't do that. Two, it was already started by President Obama. And then three, it takes years to upgrade our arsenal, not six months. We have 6,000, again, 6,000 missiles. So that meant that we upgraded 1,000 missiles a month. That didn't happen. Let's just, let's just break that down right quick. But either way, you don't stop that stuff off when you're trying to defuse situation with North Korea. And this kind of language is not helpful. So I agree, Aaron. I think that um, hopefully there'll be somebody in his cabinet uh, that will tone him down, that will tell him to stop going off script because the fire and fury thing was completely off script and tell him that your words have a whole lot of meaning. So you need to phrase them and consider them carefully. Uh, but as always, sir, thank you for being a part of the show. You know we love having you on, and we get to see you hopefully on a more regular basis. So yeah, in, yeah. until next time, sir, you be easy. Yeah, you as well. Peace. All right, so thank you again, as always, for being a part of the show. Uh, we really do appreciate you being on. We appreciate hearing your endeavors and uh, hearing your thoughts. So please feel free to comment 
on uh, the stuff below, uh, on our video below. Also, feel free to share it as well because starting this week, we're going to be doing a push to 1,000 likes. We're going to be pop, um, promoting heavily and hopefully get you to be a part of that and buy into that as well. So feel free to share the video and everything as well. Also, feel free to check us out on these plugs below. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Michael Capelto, who is a uh, Trump supporter, an advocate Trump supporter, senior Trump advisor, actually said he likes me as a person. So I'm shocked by that. And again, I am taking it back to Twitter. Does it want to verify me as something that's irritating? It's a conspiracy. Um, but make sure that you follow us on Twitter as well. Follow us on Facebook. And also check out our YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And also, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want to be on the show, that could be done. All you gotta do is email us at power to the people for change at gmail.com. DM us also on Facebook if you want to, and you could be on the show in real time giving us your take. So until then, until next week, again, make sure you check us out on our social media sites. Make sure you check us out next Thursday, 8 p.m. And we also have a special episode for next Friday. We're going to have Patrick the model, who is a top 10 DMV model, going off to New York very soon to compete in those model shows, appearing on our show as well to give us his insight on, you know, just like we did for James Bradbury, who's of the Carolina Panthers, growing up small, remaining humble, and grinding and working for something that you want to accomplish. So until then, make sure that you stay blessed, you stay safe, and proud to the people.